1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. One second on the play clock, second and nine, Purdy's pass, caught, Jennings did it! What an effort, breaking tackles, now he's thrown for a touchdown and caught another. McCaffrey in motion, they fake the handoff to him, Chiefs in on Purdy so fast he had to just unload it. So the drive stalls at the Chiefs' five-yard line, and it was Chris Jones who really broke up the play, wrecked it. Two balls, two strikes. Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise, the wait is over, and the celebration has begun. And that ball is rocked right center field. Going back, Acuna, he watches it into the bullpen. And Adam Duvall hurts his former team. His eighth home run of the year, and he had struck out his three previous times at the plate. It's Boston by two. There's a fly ball from Gritchick it pretty well. Back for the throw, Blade. That's gone. Randall Gritchick powers one out. A couple of solo homers for the Angels, and they lead two nothing. Oh, here's a shot to left field by Fam. It's way back there, and Tommy Fam puts the D-backs in front. Speaking of the supplementing with the long ball, it's a leadoff shot here in the fourth for Fam, and it's 4-3 Arizona. WSU owns the tiebreaker, so if Arizona loses, not only do they give up first place, but there's a game that separates first from fifth. Great Great ball moving again. And a three from Caleb Love. It hasn't been really determined in this league by any coach. Back to Thompson. He's got his head up in pick and roll. Wide open. Knocks down another. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, February 13th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7, Brock Purdy is, he, is the Valley product. He's from here. Is the Valley product a game manager? Still out there, that moniker. Meanwhile, spring training 2024, are you happy it's here? The Diamondbacks, who would be the best remaining fit? We're going to give you some choices. The U of A should be number one, a number one seed as of right now in the NCAA tournament. Clay Thompson, should the Warriors reduce his role? Also from today's uh, national roundup, Kansas gets blown out at, at uh, excuse me, Texas Tech. Kansas gets blown out at Texas Tech. And what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, we'll have a spring training preview. Zach Kreiser is scheduled to join us from Yahoo Sports. 10-30 or so to be interactive action, 602-260-1060. And also today's bottom line and some local roundup stuff. Final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup. Top by uh, from the scoreboard, rip from the headlines, from the wire, whatever I can jam into the final segment of today's radio extravaganza. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, is Rock Brock Purdy, is he a game manager? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Right now we got split 50-50, KDUS1060.com. Okay. On Sunday, Purdy led the uh, 49ers to points in their final two drives, but two field goals. And, of course, those were followed by the Chiefs field goal that tied the game in regulation and what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Today's X-Poll question, are you happy that spring training 2024 is here? And, Corey, what do we have with this question? Much less close. Yes, leading 81.8%. No, at 18.2%. KDUSAM1060 on X. Excellent answer there so far by the masses. Meanwhile, the Dodgers and the Padres reported late last week, while the other 28 teams report this week as far as pitchers and catchers go. The Diamondbacks pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. I'm sure they're actually here now. In fact, very close to where I sit. I am uh, you know live close to uh, Salt River Fields, and uh, it's a, you know, a healthy walk for me, but uh, we could walk there and back uh, in my heyday at least. Meanwhile, on the local front, uh, Diamondbacks pitchers and catchers report tomorrow, as we mentioned. Uh, the Diamondbacks, also according to MLB, are considering Adam Duvall, Tommy Pham, and Randall Gritchick as possible additions to the roster. Who would be the best Diamondbacks fit between those three guys, Duvall, Gritchick, or Pham? Meanwhile, the U of A, right now projected to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament by ESPN and CBS, their bracketologist. Uh, they elevated the U of A to that status after Tennessee was routed last Saturday night at Texas A&M. Should the U of A be a number one seed right now heading into the NCAA tournament? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Clay Thompson would accept a diminished role next season, but he didn't say he'd take a pay cut. <laughs> uh, should the Warriors' Clay Thompson take a reduced role for the rest of this season? Also, in addition to all those excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All the way back to yesterday, which was a Super Bowl, you know, basic wrap-up extravaganza. Uh, that is the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics today and much more during today's sensational one-hour radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUS. Whoops, at uh, you can tweet the show at x.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this.
Coming up next, Corey, we have a news update. That will be followed by a spring training preview. We will start with the Diamondbacks. Zach Kreiser from a Yahoo Sports scheduled to join us in the next segment. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, uh, 602-260-1060. Also, some bottom line answers to the pipeline questions that you just heard. And uh, in the uh, bottom of the hour, we'll get to some local roundup, top by a Suns-Kings preview. The Suns reportedly signing a player today that they've been rumored to be interested in the trade talks for years. Uh, and they're supposedly going to sign him today. We'll tease you along with that one until the bottom of the hour. Thaddeus Young. So maybe we won't tease you. I just kind of gave it up. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lex HD 2 100.7. downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show. Jefferson Starship there in the background. Uh, home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Spring training is here. Pitchers and catchers of all 32 teams reporting by the end of this week. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined as sportsman by Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Zach, good to have you. That means we're baseball season's here. That's a good start, right? Yeah, spring, I mean, it's snowing in New York where I am, but uh, spring <laughs> is coming, I'm told. Okay, I'm about uh, two miles away from the Diamondback Spring Training Facility, and it's not snowing here. But it is a little chilly for Arizona, but we'll get over it. Uh, let's start with the Diamondbacks. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. They've made some offseason additions on the mound and in the field. Uh, where do you think the Diamondbacks stack up right now in the National League? Obviously, they represented the National League surprisingly in the World Series last year. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks had a nice uh, offseason. I, you know, they took some of that World Series money, reinvested in a few winning players. I think Eduardo Rodriguez was a big addition to the starting rotation just to give them kind of one more reliable arm. I think you've got to feel pretty good about Gallon, Kelly, and Rodriguez coming into the year as a top three that you pretty much know what you're getting. Uh, and then Brandon Fott looked amazing in the playoffs, so I think it's not crazy to think he could build on that and be a really good major leaguer. Um I liked what they did in the trade market, too. Adding a Eugenio Suarez at third base gives them some pop that they could have used more of last year. Uh, and, and Jock Peterson is very much in the same realm in the free agent market. So right now, I'd say the Diamondbacks are pretty clearly the second best team in the NL West uh, by the projections of the systems that have come out so far have them as the second-best team in the NL West of the Dodgers and uh, a very likely wild-card contender. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were the, the top wild-card team, honestly. Yeah, I watched plenty of the Mariners last year, but I didn't get a very good take on you know Suarez. Is he still a good third baseman, in your opinion, defensively? I think he's he's certainly not a problem. He's not going to be winning the gold glove or uh, astounding you on the regular with his defensive acrobatics, but I, I think he's very playable there. And especially the Diamondbacks have, you know, a couple guys on the infield that they're going to be working with at shortstop. And so if you need a defensive replacement over there, I wouldn't 
be stunned if you saw Lawler get Jordan Lawler get some time over at third also. Yeah, also the Diamondbacks are, according to MLB.com, still looking to add another bat. They mentioned Adam Duvall, Randall Gritchick, Tommy Pham. Uh, of those three, which one do you think would be the best fit for the Diamondbacks? I kind of like Adam Duvall for them. I think his ability to play center is a, a nice touch. Uh, Alec Thomas, up and down, you know, I think he performed pretty well for where he was in his career, but uh, development is just not, not always linear. You don't necessarily know how he's going to continue offensively this year. We know he's a superb defender, but if he really struggled with the bat, it would be nice to have another guy in there who can actually fully play center, which I think Adam Duvall has a, a better grasp on center than either of the other guys. Staying in the National League West, the Dodgers, after last year's uh, quiet for them offseason, uh, certainly spent this uh, offseason, uh, you know, the offseason pass now, uh, starting with Shohei Otani. What do you expect from the Dodgers on the field in 2024? I think you've got to look at them as a 100-plus uh, win team. I mean, that that's the the bar for success in terms of regular season. I don't even know if there is a bar for success in the regular season for the Dodgers, just because everything is going to be so focused on getting this critical mass together and winning the world series. But to the extent there is a bar, I think you've got to consider it a hundred wins. I think the, you know, Otani Freeman, Mookie Betts, that's going to be a great top of the lineup. Will Smith, Max Muncy, you can go down the list. The lineup is going to be really good. I don't think there's, much doubt about that. I think the issue for the Dodgers is just their starting rotation is mm. uh, full of uncertainty in one way or the other. You've got Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who's making, who's expected to be an ace-level pitcher, but has has never pitched in America before. You've got a few guys who are high ceiling but high injury prone, like Tyler Glass now, and you've got a bunch of younger guys or guys returning from injury with Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Walker Bueller. It's there's just a lot happening in that rotation, and I think it's going to take some work to make that a consistent unit at the first part of the season. We're talking Major League Baseball, spring training starting. Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports, currently in the sports zone. The Giants added Bob Melvin, uh, and also in the last 24 hours, apparently they're adding Jorge Soler. Uh, how do the Giants stack up currently in the National League West? I'm not super convinced that the Giants have changed their station much. Uh, I, I was never really of the opinion that Gabe Kapler was the problem there, so much as it's sort of a mediocre, platoon-based lineup of, you know, there, there's just not a lot of difference makers with the Giants, uh, at least on the hitting side. I, they've got a great pitcher in Logan Webb. They've got some pieces, but they really needed a difference maker. They weren't able to get Shohei Otani. Obviously, they haven't splurged on any of the really big free agents. Uh, the additions they've made, I don't mind. I think they probably overpaid a little bit. But uh, Jorge Soler is my favorite of the additions they've made just because that park is big. You need real power to get it out of there. And Soler is the type of guy who can do that. I, I think he stands a pretty good chance of being a, a very rare 30 home run hitter on the Giants. So I, I like the addition of Soler. I think they've got a ways to go before they're uh, really threatening even Arizona. I, I think there's a few more wins they need to add before they can claim that. I, I wouldn't hate them as a destination for Matt Chapman, I will say. He, he seems like a decent mm -hmm. fit for them at third base. 
And obviously, there's the Melvin and Chapman connection from their days in Oakland. Uh, that would be another, you know, I assume, a lure for uh, both of them. Uh, the Padres replaced Melvin with Mike Schultz. Uh, they were highly disappointing last season, underachieving, uh, I'm sure many would say, and I wouldn't disagree with that. How do you forecast the Padres right now going into this season? Well, whatever uncertainty the Dodgers pitching staff has, just like multiply that by 10. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really you, Darvish, Joe Musgrove, uh, you know, throw a bunch of dice on the table. It's, they lost a ton. They obviously lost Blake Snell, who's still on the market, but I don't think anyone thinks he's going back to the, the Padres because of some cash flow limitations there. They lost Josh Hader to the Astros. Be a complete scramble to figure out who besides Darvish and Musgrove is pitching. I think you can safely slot in Michael King, uh, one of the returns in the Juan Soto deal. But beyond that, it, they're really going to have to sort through a bunch of arms to figure out who's who's there. And, on the hitting side, I think the lineup will be pretty good. They they obviously lost Juan Soto, which is not good, but they are still rolling out Fernando Tatis Jr., who I expect will have an even better season than last year. Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado both dealt with some health things last year. If you get them fully operational, I don't think the lineup will be a problem for them, really. I think they have enough pieces there to make it work, but the pitching might be rough three days out of the week. You mentioned Machado. He had the uh, arm surgery. Uh, you know, I think it was elbow, right? Uh, since the end of last year, um, you know, what's uh, is he is he going to be ready for the start of the regular season? I've seen some question as to whether he's going to be ready to play defense at the start of the regular season. He might be a uh, a little bit of uh, like Bryce Harper had, where he can start hitting a little bit before the defense is fully back. So. I don't think we have a full timeline on him yet, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they took it easy on playing him at third to start the season, which Lord knows they have enough infielders to go around. So I don't think that will necessarily be a problem, but uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to be a hundred percent all around at the start of the season, but he should be pretty close. Okay. The rest of the national league, uh, what were some of the biggest off season storylines for you, either coming or going, or you know, maybe a team or two that didn't do enough? Yeah. I mean, I'll start with the Braves. I still think they might be the best regular season team in the national league, even with the Dodgers additions. Uh, that would probably not be the case if Otani was able to pitch this season, but since he's not, I think Atlanta probably would still be the favorite to lead the league and wins. And, I thought what they did was pretty interesting. They certainly shopped in the starting pitcher reinforcement aisle, which is definitely what they needed to do. I thought it was interesting that they came away with Chris Sale, uh, which was a pretty creative solution. I don't know that Chris Sale can get back to even you know 90% of what he was at his peak in Chicago and Boston, but they don't need him to be amazing. They could take five innings of pretty good Chris Sale, and he's going to be their number four starter. Uh, that's a pretty good place for them to be. Uh, beyond that, I, I think the Jared Kelnick addition is a, a nice buy-low situation where they might get another long-term player to add to their core. So I like what Atlanta did overall. I think they're still, if not the best team, then definitely the second-best team in the National League. Uh, I think you have to look at the Cubs as being the the weird team that didn't do enough yet. Uh, 
I would say they're still going to be in the mix for either Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, one of those guys. But hiring Craig Council, making the big splash on the managerial scene, and then doing really not a lot uh, elsewhere is just kind of puzzling. They added Shota Imanaga from Japan, but he's not projected to be a difference-making pitcher. He's projected more as a middle-of-the-rotation type, which is fine. They, they needed that, but he's not going to put them over the top in that division. And I, I don't think you can look at them and say that they have the best shot at the NL Central. I think they probably would be third for me right now. So that's a pretty weird situation there, and I would expect them to do something else big before spring is over. Who's the best team in the NL Central now, uh, and, and how good is that team? <laughs> I think on – I was a little surprised. So the projections from Baseball Prospectus and Fangraphs came out, and the consensus is the Cardinals. I, and I think on paper they are the most complete team. You know, they added Sonny Gray, which is a signing I really liked, to the top of their rotation. And then they kind of filled in the rest with – okay pitchers who can give you innings which i was not inspired by you know kyle gibson lancelin i don't think that's going to be good but i think it might be better than what they had before and it's at least major league caliber arms so on paper i see why the cardinals are the current favorite and i think the projections peg them around 85 wins which i sure that makes sense i i think that's about right I think the Brewers have a higher ceiling than the Cardinals. They signed top prospect Jackson Churio, a consensus top five prospect in the sport, to a contract, which means he's going to be on the opening day roster almost certainly. He's going to take over center field. I think they have a lot of young players who could play up uh, even after trading away Corbin Burns. I I think there's some chance the Brewers – hit it right and are an 85 win team in that range also with the potential for more. So I I think there, there's some mix there of you could see the upside with the Brewers. You could see the pretty steady nature of the Cardinals. If you were pronouncing it right now, I think you have to take the Cardinals, but not at a high win total. Talk major league baseball with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo sports. Okay. So we still have some, you know, high, you know, profile free agents out there. Cody Bellinger, Valley product. Also, uh, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, where might the, well, first up, why are those guys still available at this time of the, uh, you know, the calendar year, so to speak? Well, some of it's definitely that they're all Scott Boris products. Uh, and yeah. he does tend to, push his clients later in the cycle he he doesn't give in and take a a decent contract he holds out for a really good one i think it is being exacerbated and might backfire at least for one of these guys because the tv situation is so tricky in major league baseball right now there's a lot of wrangling about how local networks are going to pay teams and whether they're going to pay and there's a lot happening on that front and for instance the texas rangers are one of the teams most affected by that and i think Mm -hmm. the texas rangers are really wanting to re-sign jordan montgomery and are trying to figure out how it fits into their financial picture so i think that's the explanation for at least one or two of the guys i wouldn't be surprised i'll say if matt chapman signs tomorrow uh, which is the day where teams can use their 60-day il's again Uh, So maybe someone who wants Matt Chapman has a full 40-man roster, doesn't want to cut one of their guys. 
but says, hey, if you can wait till Tuesday, this contract will be on the table. We can make it happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some movement in the next 48 hours, but I think it's getting a little dicey for Blake Snell, especially. Uh, it seems like teams might not be willing to pay as much as his awards and his, uh, you know, his resume suggests he should be worth. And they're going to have to find some sort of middle ground, whether it's a shorter term, higher AAV deal, as if he's an aging pitcher, or he might have to settle for a little bit less than what maybe the two Cy Young resume thought it was, that they probably thought was going to merit. Where's the best fit for Bellinger? It's tricky. I, I don't think the best fit is the Cubs. I still think he might wind up going back to the Cubs, but they have a superlative defensive center fielder coming up in Pete Crow Armstrong, which is one of Bellinger's safest traits. Uh, the Giants made a lot of sense before they uh, went out to the Korean market and and signed uh, Jung-Hoo Lee. I still think the Astros make some sense. Uh, I think he'd be a nice play for them in center field, but I don't necessarily think that they are looking to spend the amount of money that it would take to get him. So this is kind of a shrug answer for me. I don't actually really have a great idea of where he fits best, to be honest. Okay, just general baseball, away from the National League specifically here. Uh, is there a team or two that you think helped itself the most in the offseason other than the Dodgers spending all the money and obviously adding the high-profile pro, high guys, he tried to say? Uh, somebody stand out uh, team-wise that you think really stepped up and, and helped themselves in the offseason here? I think you have to give the Yankees some credit for going pretty dramatically and getting Juan Soto and really fixing what had been one of the major issues for them, which is after Aaron Judge, no one was hitting in that lineup at a high level. Uh, I, I would say that great job for 2024, and at the same time, they put a lot of weight on 2024. The stakes of the season since Soto is entering free agency after this year are just so high. They also declined they, – they kept – Labor Torres instead of moving him, which is something that people thought they might do, which, again, it sets up a really big year this year, and then he's going to hit free agency, and they're going to have to deal with the question of, okay, which of these young players that they hyped up for so long is really going to be a sustainable star for us? Uh, so in terms of 2024, I think they did a great job. I don't know if it will work at the exact time they need it to, but I think it looks like a better team. Uh, the other team I I would credit as doing uh, a big thing is the Baltimore Orioles. They took mm -hmm. a while, but they eventually got their guy, Corbin Burns, to uh, an established ace, which is really the only thing you could have said that team needed. Uh, you know, they could use more veteran help uh, to on the lineup, but they're kind of relying on the development of their hitters, which has worked great so far. So going out and getting Corbin Burns without compromising anything of huge value to their future, I, I think that sets them up to be a more confident contender this year. Who's the favorite of the American League right now for you? Uh, that's tough. I I think the team I'm most confident will be in the playoffs is the Astros. Uh, I'm probably going to say the Astros still. 
I think it's hard to look up and down and find a team that you're more confident in than them. But I would say that the AL East probably has some better teams. They're just all going to get stuck playing each other. Uh, Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees, Rays, or Orioles came out and just, you know, won 95 to 100 games and turned out to be the best team in the American League. But I think the Astros have to be the favorite as the most likely team to be there at the end. Zach, always good talking to you. Look forward to chatting uh, over the last, uh, over the next, I should say, uh, several months. Thanks. Yep. Good to talk to you. Our pleasure. Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. Read all his stuff and all the baseball info at yahoosports.com. So good there. I'm pretty fired up now. I was pretty fired up anyway. I'm a baseball guy. Uh, So we'll get to a little more on that in the next segment, in fact. Speaking of the next segment, it is phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. We got time and room for you. General discussion. If you have any Super Bowl comments uh, still, um, if, if you're not, you shouldn't be hungover today. I can understand why some people are hungover yesterday. In my younger years, I might have had a Super Bowl or two that I was hungover on a Monday the day after the game. Not lately, not for probably 30 years, but back in the day, yeah, I get it. Anyway, uh, this is pretty much the last day in the sports zone that we're going to get into the Super Bowl at all. If you want to get into that in the next segment, no problem. 602-260-1060, as I mentioned, is general discussion. Pretty much anything goes from the usual topics of discussion here. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard 602-260-1060. That is the number to participate. Once again, general discussion. All right, first up. Uh, the bottom line answers from today's pipeline questions. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Is Brock Purdy a game manager quarterback? Uh, the bottom line is I've actually claimed for more than one calendar year that the Valley product, uh, Mr. Purdy, is better than a game manager quarterback. Uh, the 49ers, I think their main objective this offseason needs to be to improve the pass protection in the offensive line, which I think sunk them and Purdy in the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Meanwhile, the X-Poll question today, uh, are you happy that 2024 spring training is here? The bottom line is I'm the wrong person to ask this question to because both of my parents played. Uh, my father, uh, when I was growing up, was a semi-pro baseball player and played some high-level competitive softball back in Columbus, Ohio in the day. And my mother was actually a softball pitcher in the 1940s. So I grew up around the game, grew up watching the game. My mom taught me how to keep score when I was very young. Uh, So I'm a baseball guy. And uh, I tried to play. And when I couldn't hit a curveball, that was the end of my baseball career. And went on to, uh, you know, softball and whatever else I could figure out. Okay, also sticking with the baseball theme, the Diamondbacks. Which of these guys would be the best DH fit uh, for the Diamondbacks and, and just the best fit? Because 
you know, a couple of these guys can play the outfield pretty well. And I agree with what Zach said in the last segment. Adam Duvall, Rander Gritchick, and uh, Tommy Pham are mentioned as possibilities of roster additions for the Diamondbacks by MLB.com. Uh, the bottom line, I think Adam Duvall is the best. Duvall is by far the best of these three. Uh, he can still hit for power, and he can play some very good defense. He won a gold glove just like like two years ago. Randall Gritchek has a history uh, of uh, being a good fielder, a good arm back in the day, but he's had some injuries. Tommy Fan was certainly a good late-season uh, addition, trade deadline uh, addition for the Diamondbacks last year. Helped them reach the 2023 World Series. But he's by far, those three guys, the worst defensive outfielder. Meanwhile, should the U of A be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, the uh, bracketologists are basically a much better, much better judge of this than I. Uh, ESPN and CBS both currently have the uh, U of A as a number one seed, so I'll go with that. Should the Warriors, uh, Clay Thompson, take a reduced role for the rest of this season? The bottom line here is don't pay attention to last night's 26 game, a 26 point outburst. Thompson, before that, had not scored 14 points in any of the last, well, actually just one of the last six games, and uh, he's been benched down the stretch in multiple games here of late, including the Suns game uh, that they won on Saturday night at the buzzer with the Clay Thompson shot. All right, we'll get to some little, little more local roundup or some local roundup in a couple of minutes. On to the phone lines. Bill in Phoenix, hi. Hello. Hey, hey, Bob, it's Bill. Hi, Bill. Hey, uh, with the Brock Purdy thing, I was just going to say, my, my son actually went to school with him, graduated in the same class out of Perry High School. Yeah. Back in, um, I've watched him since high school. Um when I first saw him, I, I'm about your age. I was born in 59, and I've seen a lot of football. And when I saw him the first time in high school, I'd never never seen a high school quarterback with the poise that I saw that he displayed hmm. and followed him through that, that uh, his freshman year at Iowa State when he took over. We were actually down at U of A where my son went to school, and he took over against Oklahoma State and lit it up and never looked back. And that year – they made it to the Alamo Bowl, and I took the family down there to watch him go up against uh, Gardner Minshew and the Washington State <laughs> Cougars. And okay. they lost that game. He had David Montgomery as his running back that year, and it was, it was a, one of the best bowl games that year. Um, a lot of them were blocked. That was a really good game. But he's, he's a smart, very smart, very poised. Um, but I have never seen him win the big league. <laughs> What didn't win the state championship? He didn't win the the, the Alamo Bowl. Um, he won some big games regular season up at Iowa State, and I think he won the Fiesta Bowl. But it was the COVID thing when I don't think Oregon was playing anybody. But anyway, um, it was a, it was a disappointing to see that he didn't win the big one. Um, but he's he's a very smart, intelligent, um, gritty, poised quarterback. So if that means okay, let, 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 let me let me ask you, do you: Can you see him winning a Super Bowl someday? Yes. Okay, so what do they Did need I, to add for them to do that? Well, I, I honestly believe the breakdown with the Niners, and I've been a fan going back to John Brody and Gene Washington. Um, wow. 
the biggest thing was I think they got out maybe out coached a little bit in the second half with some adjustments or whatever that Kansas City mm-hmm. did and and Mahomes and Kelsey were too much, but also the special teams breaks down breakdowns on the extra point. Yes, and then you know my freshman year playing football, I remember the special you know if there's a muff punt or he was smart enough to see it hit the guy's leg, but don't pick it up, just fall on that ball. And these right. guys are professionals. And I don't know if, you know, maybe it is coached into him, but he didn't do that. I believe those are the things that really cost the game. But obviously Chris Jones flooding in on that third down play down at the goal line, um, mm-hmm. there was a breakdown on the line. So with, with better offensive play like you're talking about, he will be more than good enough to be able to, to take them all the way, I believe. Bill, appreciate the call. Call more often. Good stuff. Thanks. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right, our pleasure. Good stuff there. Um, and I need to make a correction. I completely, you know, you know not completely incorrectly, you know, trashed, uh, you know, basically the offensive line yesterday for the 49ers in uh, just the right side of the offensive line. That was a right, you know, I actually got into, the, I talked about the right tackle and I thought he completely whiffed on the play. That was also, I watched last night in the NFL Network, and Sean O'Hara, who is actually their best analyst, in my belief, uh, on NFL Network, talked about how the right guard actually screwed that up more than anybody else. Uh, so that was uh, clearly, uh, you know, that, that was the third and, four, third and five play, and uh, they, uh, that was an incomplete pass, and it uh, looked like the receiver was open, but, you know, he had to get rid of the ball because Chris Jones was in his face like an instant after the snap, and, uh, you know, that turned out to be the kick the field goal, and then obviously the 49ers go down and score the game-winning touchdown. All right, quickly, uh, the Suns uh, reportedly uh, reached an agreement to sign one Thaddeus Young, who they've been trying to get uh, at least rumored to be interested in, really, in trade rumors for years. Uh, He's been in trade rumors for almost every team, probably in the NBA for years. I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank, but this cannot hurt. Uh, in his heyday, uh, which ain't now, but in his heyday, he was still a very good defender. I'm not exactly sure how well he plays defense at this point, but you know the fact that they were able to add him, that's a good thing. And Royce O'Neal, I uh, would assume, they'll start playing a little bit more. And tonight, the Suns play the Kings. This is a very important game as far as the Eastern, the Western Conference, excuse me, at this point. The Suns are 31 and 22. They're just a half game ahead of the Kings. They are currently uh, six and seven in the conference standings right now. And as I've said for a few days or weeks now, and I'll continue to do this throughout the regular season, you don't want to feel, fall below the six spot because if you do, you have to play at least one extra round of the playoffs. Um, you know the uh, play in the uh, you know the play-in tournament, as they say, in the seven through ten seeds are the four teams that qualify for that play-in tournament. You do not want to finish below six. Uh, so this is a big game. Of course, this is the first time they played since the Suns had the miracle comeback victory uh, last month against the Kings here. They were down 22 in the fourth quarter of that game. The Kings were also playing their fifth game of a five-game road trip at that point. Uh, the Kings are a little better equipped at this point. They've won actually five of their last six games. So let's see how this goes tonight. Also, the Suns are playing against a guard uh, that is really good. 
And, uh, you know, basically, you know, De'Aaron Fox is one of the best penetrating point guards in the NBA, maybe the best off the bounce. And the Suns have had problems against those kinds of guards all season long. Suns six and four in their last 10 games, as are the Kings. The best uh, news here, it seems like both teams appear to be relatively healthy. The Suns on Monday, the only thing on the only thing I could find on any injury report is that you know, Damian Lee, who's been out for the entire season after knee surgery, uh, he's not listed. He's expected. He's still out. And then uh, the only guy for the uh, Kings that I saw in an injury report is that Chris Duarte with an ankle injury also listed as out. All right, when we come back, we will wrap up today's one-hour radio extravaganza known as the Sports Zone. We'll get to a little from college basketball from last night. And a combination of uh, from the wire, rip from the headlines, whatever else I can get in there before uh, I escape for the rest of the day. Don't forget, we'll be back for three hours of local programming, programming, he tried to say. Not well. uh, Tomorrow uh, with the Sports Zone from 10 to 11 and, of course, the Extra Point. Hosted by Kayla returns tomorrow from 11 to 1 o'clock. Right now, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, whatever. I'll sip to the cracks also. We had a uh, spring training preview and, uh, you know, talked some Diamondbacks at the top there with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. Also went through the Dodgers, Giants, and and, uh, Padres briefly with Zach, among other things. So check that out in uh, podcast form if you missed that. Sound day courtesy of CBS Sports, Fox, Fox Sports South, Bally Sports West, ESPN, and also NBA TV. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, on to a little scoreboard here from last night. You heard the highlight at the top of the hour. Excuse me, Damian Williams as he tries not to lose his voice here in the last three minutes of the show. Uh, he scored a, ser- uh, a career-high 30 points last night, and it was a complete ass-kicking. He was 12 out of 12 from the field, by the way, including four three-pointers, so he just wasn't just shooting layups all night. As Texas Tech routed Kansas last night, uh, the uh, you know, higher-rated Kansas, but winning a game in Lubbock is pretty difficult. Uh, final score, 97-50 to 50 last night. It got so bad for Kansas that Bill Self got ejected from the game. He got two technical fouls. They were also shorthanded. They're you know, missing a couple of players, including uh, Kevin McCullough Jr. out again with the knee problem. So it was bad. It was ugly. In fact, I hardly watched any of that game because it was obvious that they were going to get blown out. All right, quickly from uh, a couple things, uh, you know, from you know, rip from the headlines here. Cowboys uh, wisely hired uh, Mike Zimmer as their uh, defensive coordinator after a report on ESPN on Super Bowl Sunday that Rex Ryan might get the job. Meanwhile, the NFL, uh, excuse me, that was the NFL, the NBA, uh, the Lakers officially signed Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, The Heat are going to be without Terry Rozier for at least a week because of a sprained right knee. It actually looked like it was going to be worse, so that's kind of a relief for them. He's only out for at least a week. The Giants... As we mentioned in, uh, in the uh, the segment with Zach earlier in the hour, 
Uh, they signed uh, Jorge Soler to a three-year deal. He would have been a great addition to the Diamondbacks, but I'm guessing they weren't going to give him three years and pay him what he ended up getting in San Francisco. College football, UCLA uh, promoted former running backs coach Deshaun Foster uh, to replace Chip Kelly. Kelly left last week to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Heard from the grapevine here, Jason Kelsey is yet to officially retire, but he did uh, reportedly talk last week about a broadcasting role with both ESPN and Fox. The Raiders have not ruled out bringing back Josh Jacobs, the running back. The Browns expected to extend the contract of Kevin Stefanski and also the contract of general manager Andrew Barry. They've both done a nice job in Cleveland from the NBA uh, the uh, Lakers, I mentioned the Dinwiddie thing, but they're also going to be without Jared Vanderbilt, the rest, their best perimeter defender, uh, possibly for the rest of the season because of a foot injury. And then lastly, the Hornets are expected to now re-sign Miles Bridges to a long-term contract. That's it for the Sports Zone for today. We'll be back tomorrow for a full three hours of local programming. The Sports Zone from 10 to 11 o'clock followed by the Extra Point hosted by Kaler from 11 to 1 o'clock. All right, that's it. Thanks. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.